0: Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Small Church Ministry Podcast. Um, This is going to be a fun day because I am just getting to know our guest. So we're going to get to know him together. Um, Justin Nava jumped into our community um, not too long ago into the Facebook community, and I was looking him up and, and, you know, we exchanged a few emails, but it was so, I'm just so excited to have him here today. He is going to give some practical strategies and tips, and not just that, but also the why behind how to communicate um, to your community, who you are. Um, and he's he just has so much to share. So I'm just super excited to introduce to you um, Justin Nava. Um, he uh, runs the Nava Church Marketing. Is that how you say it, Justin? Did I say your company right? That's so it. do you want to give them a little more background of That's you right. and why you're here and how we get connected or all that?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start by just admitting here, uh, I was born in the wrong generation, <laughs> Uh, I wish I was born decades ago, uh, because I long for a time I didn't get to grow up with this when driveways were empty on Sunday Mm. morning, when businesses didn't open till lunchtime Mm. on Sundays and kids activities on the weekend, or especially on Sunday was just not even a thought, but I didn't grow up in that time. I grew up in a time now when the church is no longer the answer in people's lives, but it's only seen as an option. And God has impressed upon me a vision to see one million American churches become the cornerstone of their community. And that's why I'm glad to be here, because you can't have a million megachurches be the cornerstone of their community. It's going to be done by the smaller church. It's going to be done by the discipleship-focused, relationship-focused uh, church that's going out to grow the kingdom in their own unique way that God has gifted them to serve. And the best way I know how to do that right now, uh, I, I fully intend to see God do even more, but the best way I know to how to do that right now is to help small churches take advantage of the marketing revolution that we're currently having in America, where all of youth's attention mm-hmm. in the same way it was in the sixties mm-hmm. with the Jesus revolution, the youth's attention was on rock and roll and Christians came and said, let's meet that attention and point it back to Christ. A lot of our, not just youth, but just American attention is on marketing assets commercials, social media, influencers, podcasts, publications, Google. People are going online because we live in such a lonely culture now. They're going online before they talk to friends and family because they just don't have good relationships with friends and family. And so many churches want to nurture community, but they don't know how to reach the people who don't have community. So using modern marketing method where the attention already is, I'm helping churches uh, reach people in their community where they are, online and not just to evangelize that's one goal but to bring them into the faith community to be discipled uh, and and follow Jesus Christ in the way that that church is best equipped.
0: Wow, I have two things before we jump into, you know, some of the solutions and the things that you all offer but one thing that popped to mind as you were speaking is marketing. As soon as you say the word marketing, some people will like you know, immediately bristle that the church is not a business that we shouldn't be focused on marketing. And how would you respond to that?
1: I, I agree. The church should not be a business. There's an old phrase that I can't seem to remember, but it's uh it started as a, re- Christianity started as a relationship. It moved to Rome and became uh, an institution. And then it came to America and became a
0: business. Ooh. Uh, and I, 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 wish I that have not heard case. that. Can you say that one more time? I know you did, you said it's probably not there, perfect, but there's, there's more to it. I'm not, I'm
1: not doing the, I'm not doing it justice, but it started, Christianity uh-huh. started as a relationship. It moved to Rome and became, that's what it was, moved to Rome and became a religion, moved to Europe and became an institution, moved to America and became a business. I can't remember wow. who said that, but that's something that, yeah it, it hurts yeah. my heart to be honest. And I agree with you. The church shouldn't have to market, but the fact is, Your congregation, if they were to go out and make fishers of men, they only know so many people. And there are people in your town that your church is uniquely equipped to serve, and they don't know Mm -hmm. that they don't know you. And if we're going to stop treating churches like a business and not use business Mm -hmm. principles and strategies to function as a church, we need to eliminate our building. We need to eliminate our budget. We need to eliminate our committees. We need to eliminate... Uh, add all executive, uh, pastors. Cause that's pretty much what they do is the executive <laughs> stuff. Yeah. The fact is we live in a fallen, broken world. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we have to deal with in America is that to do church and to do it well, even on a mm-hmm. small scale, 30, 40, 50 members or smaller you have to have yeah. building permits. Mm-hmm. You have to follow fire safety laws. You have to have a budget. You have to have, as if you're a nonprofit, you got to have a, yeah. a what mm-hmm. do they call it? Advisory committee or something like that. We have to yeah. function yeah. as a business to function as a church in America. And we can, if we want, just be a church that preaches the gospel, which we should all preach the gospel. But we just tell our congregation, Hey, go and, and, yeah. and disciple your friends and family. You're going to tap that network very quickly. And you're, Potential for impact, for kingdom impact is Mm -hmm. going to only last a few years. If you want to be a church that's shaping your community to see the righteous increase like we want to see in in Proverbs, um, we need to do whatever it takes to capture the attention. And all marketing is, Mm -hmm. is a form of evangelism. And instead of your people going to the people that they already know and inviting them to church to the point where they're sick of it, you can use marketing to open up new paths for people to discover that what they thought was church mm-hmm. maybe isn't your yeah. church and that's a good thing and so you're open up a path to not just bring them in to hear a message but to bring them in to meet your people to then yeah. open up discipleship relationships yeah. that's how I view marketing mm-hmm. i want to see that turn around Uh, Same thing happened 30, 40 Mm -hmm. years ago when youth ministries came in, right? People were saying the church isn't a daycare. Mm. It's not a school. It's not a hippie thing. Now you can't imagine not having church without a youth ministry, even on a small, even at a small church. So we're in some growing pains, but that's all marketing is, uh, Frank Viola. He, he, he kind of shed this on me and was like, you know, it's just a form of evangelism. Yeah. And if, if you think it's a sin, you don't have the liberty to, you have the liberty to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, Marketing is not one size fits all in the same way. One way a church disciples and nurtures discipleship relationships is not going to be how another church does it. I just want to make sure that you know what's available out there, because if you find that your church is stagnant Mm -hmm. or dying or not growing at the rate to where you're self-sustaining, I don't want to see your church die in a few years or 20 years or 30 years. I want to see your church become a mainstay, a cornerstone in the community, a place where people know, even if they're not interested right now, when God calls them to him in the future. They know you better than they know about the false prophets and false teachers in your community that are using the marketing methods to get their attention.
0: Yeah, no, I love what you said because marketing it's all in the definition. I'm not against marketing, I, but to me marketing is sharing. It's mm-hmm. just telling people who you are. For some people marketing is manipulation. And I think yes. that's where we kind of like it's just in our definition. So if we're talking about marketing is sharing and communicating well and communicating honestly, I even laugh at, you know, when you visit a church and and their website has all these young people with, you know, their hands raised and lights and, you know, the blue lights and then you go visit the church and it's an Oregon and, uh, you know, and it's like, this is not representative. So I love it when marketing is real and, and true and authentic. Um, one more thing before we jump into what you do and how you help churches, cause you mentioned this earlier about younger people and social media. And I recently had my 23 year old daughter on the podcast and she and her husband recently moved to Denver and they found a small church. And she was talking about why they looked for a small church. And one thing she said is she said, Most people probably won't understand this if they're not our age, but with social media, we are very aware that we are lacking community. She said, we were looking for community. Like people think we don't want it or we don't have it or we have it online. She said, that is not the same. And she said, we are hungry. Young adults are hungry for real community, authentic, in-person community. And when you brought that up, I was like, I think that's a really big thing to highlight. Because, you know, we look at the younger generation and think they don't want it or they have it. In almost a, a weird, false way or surfacey way with the social media, but they're really looking for real community. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. And you can find community online, but even last week, my daughter was supposed to go have a sleepover and. Mm-hmm. The family got sick, so she had to stay here. She was on the iPad all day with her friend she was supposed to sleep over with. I let her have Mm -hmm. extra screen time to make up for the time that they lost with her. But again, you ask my daughter, would you rather have 10 hours on the iPad with your friend, or would you rather have a few hours sleepover? She'll choose a sleepover every time. There's something about being an in person community. And when you have true in-person community that's focused around similar values, and I'm not talking about ideological values or theological values, I'm talking about just, just being around the right kind of people that can build you up and you can build them up, people will overlook a lot of flaws.
0: Yeah. Yeah love it. Okay. And, and cool. So let's jump flaw, into why you're here. Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. If you didn't believe that, you wouldn't be on this show right now. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> being and, and, small is not a flaw. Yeah. And,
1: and just to, to share some of my heart, my church is a is a network of churches, but we're only about 155. Uh, we're a network of home churches, Crosswaves Church. We're only about 150. Um, To give some background on my heart for the small church, when my family moved, we were at a church of about 300 because I was working there. But when we moved, we wanted a smaller, more intimate church, much like your daughter. And you can know that when I searched for churches in our area, I skipped First Baptist Church because being in the Bible Belt, First Baptist Church... Too big for me. Didn't even click on their <laughs> website. We, we went to a whole bunch of different churches. We just couldn't find something that, you know, we're, I'm a Baptist boy through and through, same as my wife, a Baptist girl through and through. And we just couldn't find a good church that really resonated with our family and felt like could serve us. And we we're like, fine, let's go to First mm. Baptist. Now, in South Texas on the border, you're in a predominantly Catholic and charismatic culture. So we were very uh-huh. surprised when we went to First Baptist and there was only about 120 congregants there, oh, uh, the wow. church size. So it really, you can't really judge again. We had certain assumptions, but because we didn't, we had to go find that information. We didn't know that that was there. And if we weren't so dedicated on finding a church home, we could have been burned out after the first two churches mm-hmm. that we tried and just not tried it again. Um, so that was a misconception that, that we had. Um, and when we moved here to Houston, where we are now, um, we again. We wanted to find a Baptist church, and where we are, you either got large congregations mm-hmm. or small KJV. Uh, where addressed to Sunday morning churches, which mm-hmm. is fine. It's just not for us. We we want uh, age appropriate education for our kids. We want a community where we feel like we're okay to have a little bit of liberty in what we do and not have to be mm-hmm. in uniformity. As some of these churches yeah. kind of came off. So we went to uh, Spring Baptist, the large church, great church. But for us, I couldn't. I couldn't meet the pastor for months. Mm, yeah, um, we still send our daughter to wanna there, and we love the church. We are involved in their activities, but it's not our church home because mm-hmm. we just felt called to. Like yesterday, I just called my pastor and talked to him. Yeah, can't do that at the larger churches. Yeah, and so small churches have the strength that people need to know about. Yeah, because I don't want them to think about your church. And the way you're uniquely equipped, I don't want them to judge your church based on what they see from other churches or God forbid, what they've already experienced at other churches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're uniquely equipped to uniquely reach a unique group of people. Yeah. And if you ask a hundred people to define a church, you'll get 117 different answers. Yeah. But if you ask, if I ask you to define your church, I get one answer. And that one answer is what yeah. everyone in the community should know. Okay, sorry, yeah. tangent.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, if you ever hear me, I'm always, I'm a tangent girl, so I'm good with tangents. I think God speaks often through tangents. So, um, mm. so just real quick, um, you mentioned you're in a church of around 150. Our audience, of course, goes down to churches of 20. And so for some of them, they're thinking, Oh my gosh, he doesn't know small churches. And I know that you do. And I know that you yep. work with a broad range of churches and sizes, you know, down to 30 and up to whatever. And also our audience is, Completely interdenominational. We've got Presbyterians and um, Lutherans and Baptists and um, you know Pentecostals and Kojic, and we have the broadest community I've ever seen anywhere. And I know that the things you're talking about fit every size, every culture, every denomination. And so I'm excited to jump in. And before we get into solution, can you just first mention um, what are the biggest mistakes? or challenges that you see small churches are having, mistakes they're making. I always like to look at the need before we jump to the solution so that we can kind of see ourselves in there like, oh, yeah, my website looks like that. Or, oh, yeah, we're communicating that as well.
1: The biggest mistakes that I'm seeing churches make, uh, small churches especially, and I appreciate you for recognizing that, our our smallest client, not counting church plants of like launch teams of 12, uh, but our smallest client right now continuously is 30. And he's one of my favorite clients because he's like, if we ever grow past 50, we're doing something wrong. He wants to be, a, he is ascending. Church. Oh. Um, so love working with him. Um, but the biggest mistake that I see a lot of small churches making, and one of the reasons why marketing is such a dirty word in the church world is because they're simply trying to keep up with the Jonases. So-and-so church is doing this. Therefore, we have to do this. Uh, they have this, so we have to have this. And even thinking it worked for them, so it should work for me. There's nothing wrong with taking inspiration from another church when it comes to communicating to the community uh, about your church. But much like a pastor, uh, which this will resonate mostly with pastors and preachers. Um, Much like you take inspiration from a style of preaching from someone, you don't preach exactly like them. You still have some of your own God-given innate character and personality when you preach. And in the same way, a lot of churches don't treat their communications and marketing that way. They just copy what else is doing and they lack their personality and and who God's gifted them to be. A good example you brought up earlier was, you know, a, a church saying, well, they have a bunch of young families and diversity on their website. So we should put that on ours. And it's a bait and switch. Cause when you get there, you figure out that's not who these people are. And as a result, they end up deceiving or, uh, giving misinformation on who the church is. And it sets, it's, it really sets you up for failure. Um, so the biggest thing is is, that I see is, is copying other people. And along with that, checking a box, this is especially true in small churches. And I think it's, um, a symptom of a larger issue that's outside the scope of this show, but a lot of smaller churches, they come to us wanting a website. And when we dig into why do you want a website? It's really just to have one. It's to have one because another church has one. And even if they say, well, we want people to be able to find us. And I ask what's, what do you want them to do when they find you? There's no answer because they're checking a box and much like, well, we got to do VBS because they're doing VBS. We got to do a food pantry because they're doing a food pantry. We got to do, Operation Christmas Child, because they're doing Operation Christmas Child. What you end up doing is splitting the resources of the kingdom and creating competition where competition doesn't need to be found. God has uniquely equipped your church to uniquely reach a unique group of people. There are people out there that are looking for, if not a church yeah. like yours, a community like yours, a place to work out their faith that that's like yours. And if you misrepresent that, they're going to come. Or, or they're not going to come yeah. to find what you can actually give them, or they're going to come expecting you to give them something that you can't. So number one, the biggest thing is to stop trying to do what everyone else is doing just to check that box, but actually look at what is our mission? What is our purpose? What is our vision? And what are we good at that we can double down on? Not... What are we bad at that we need to try to bring people
0: in? So is that kind of it? step one? Is understanding who you are and who your uniqueness is? Because I know you're going to be sharing some practical steps and tips and things. Is that kind of step one, or is that even pre-step one?
1: <laughs> yeah, step one. Yeah, and this is where I, this is where I step on some toes. Uh, uh, because I don't, and I apologize. This is not to go against anything or anyone you might have talked to in the past or any advice you might get in the future. But this is why I started my own agency because no one was treating church marketing and church yeah. communications like I was. Okay. And you mentioned the first step is knowing yourself. I think 100%. A lot of communications consultants, advisors, books, and courses, and whatever, gurus. They say, know your target audience, know who you want to go after. And what happens is a lot of churches pick whoever's most sexy to go after. Oh, if we get more young people, then we'll grow and we'll, we'll have generations to come. Or if we get more of this kind of person, but that's not who God's equipped you to serve. Look, if you don't have a nursery ministry or a kid's ministry, maybe parents aren't the first people to go after. And if you chase parents and make your church attractive to parents online, And they come and they don't have a place to put their kids, they're going to feel misled. They're going to feel ill-equipped. You're going to feel like you're ill-equipped and you just wasted their time and honestly you wasted your time because now you're going to spend time trying to follow up with that person Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't even be following up with in the first place. So instead, I don't want you to have a target audience. I want Mm -hmm. you to know who your church is best equipped to serve, okay? Again... Every church is uniquely equipped to uniquely reach a unique group of people. If that was not the case, every city would just have one church. And instead of God calling thousands of churches to plant every year to reach people that aren't being reached by the current churches in that area, he would just have us, all the church planters, just join up with another church. But the fact is that every church is called and gifted uniquely to reach certain people. You have unique people, you preach unique sermons, you create unique worship sets. You have unique teachers that will teach the same curriculum as someone else, especially VBS time, but in an own way that will speak to your people in, for example, Florida differently and more better than a teacher in Portland could, if that makes sense. So, um, Self examining, we call it a deep dive DNA. It's one of the things that we start with when we onboard a client. Um, but it's looking at who are we best equipped to serve when, when someone actually comes to our church, what brought them here? Mm-hmm. When they stay, what keeps them coming here? And then when they become a member or whatever you want to call it, a long time attendee, whatever, uh, participant, congregant, what was that decision that, that gave, that turned that intention to actually joining? And whatever those are, that's what you lean into. And when you look at a target audience, you just look at surface level. Okay, what kind? What's the demographics of the kind of person we want to see, or what's the psychographics, or where are they? Versus who are we properly serving and equipping, and uh, co-authoring a life story with God in? And you find people like that because what you'll find is maybe you're getting, maybe you're an older congregation. And this is just an example. Maybe you're an older congregation. And the reason they like coming here mm-hmm. is because it's a break from the fast paced, uh, yeah. uh, unrelatable world that they can't get into. And, and, you oh, can so many. there's young people like that too. For example, mm-hmm. when I started this, I was born in the wrong generation, right? I want my business to not be remote forever. I want an actual office with actual community, birthday parties in mm-hmm. the kitchen, clapping when their sales being made. You know, I, I want a, a video studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want an in-person office because I like that community. And so if you have people, even if they're older people, even if they're Christians that just keep coming out, you like, can't reach young people, lost people, whatever kind of people it is. Whoever you're best equipping to serve, if you want more young people, find more young people that want to be served and can best be served mm-hmm. in that way. Um, I have a couple of of what I lovingly refer to as boomer churches in that. They don't have kids ministries. They have coloring books. If you bring your kids, but they realize you're not bringing your kids. You're bringing your grandkids. And the reason they exist and the reason that God is continuing to bless their church is because they are serving a community that's been left behind by the rest of the world. And they're serving people that are now being left behind by the rest of church because now the church wants to take everything digital. They're not ready. The church wants to focus on young families. They're being left behind. And this church says God's not done with you yet. You're not done being a disciple maker. And so we'll equip you not just to be a God loving family or whatever that every other church is teaching. We'll equip you how to leave a legacy of faith for your kids Mm -hmm. and your grandkids. And they are uniquely serving that demographic of people, not because they're just chasing older people, but they're chasing Mm -hmm. people who want to leave that legacy. And any marketing communications that we do, and yeah, even our marketing is reaching 60 plus year old people on Facebook is going to resonate with that kind of person and say, this is a place where I can I can be uh encouraged, edified, equipped. And um and and, and they equip their uh, uh older audience or congregation to make disciples of their family and friends in a time when it's real hard to make their friends Make a life change, you know, and can't teach an old dog new tricks, but the way that they equip them is unique that no other church can. And because of that, they have a very strong faith community and they're making extreme inroads because they know same thing like we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. their community is lacking community. And so their first step is actually not to come to church. It's to come to their monthly community gathering event and just meet your neighbors. And through that, that's the, that's the start of their discipleship journey. So anyways, all that to say, knowing who you're equipped to serve, for example, if you speak English, you're not going to run a bunch of Korean language marketing because if they come in, you can't speak to them in the same way. We kind of, you can't serve everyone because you can't serve people who don't speak your language. You can't serve people, uh, special Mm -hmm. needs families. If you don't have a way to to handle the kids, right? You're Jesus is for everyone. Your church probably isn't, um, especially if you're a small church. So focus on the people you're well equipped to serve. You'll see, um, you might see less people coming, but you'll see a deeper connection. And as a result, more impact yeah. than just va- vanity butts in the seats, if I can say that. Um, so knowing who you are 1st we'll, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, build the foundation for how you reach people next
0: awesome I, I love it so you know that big bad thing of getting rid of that feeling of competition and being like other churches that's a big thing to overcome um, so let's say we've overcome that and we have figured out how we're uniquely you know equipped and and that God really is alive in our place and and we're noticing what he's doing and and how we're serving people what's next give us your best I don't know practical strategies of what somebody listening to this podcast can say oh, We need to do this or we need to do that. So give us your, your strategy tips.
1: So, uh, what we talk, we, we have a three phase system that we, that we do marketing from, and it's how we bring more people into church to be discipled. What we just talked about was essentially our first phase we call influence or, uh, be memorable, meaning how are you going to, how are you going to be known in your community in a way that they won't forget you and they'll know you for you and not someone else. Now, the next step, a lot of folks will say, well, let's go out and reach everybody. And we'll get there, okay? If God's calling you there, you'll get there. But the next step that we want to do and we encourage you to do is to be found, okay? That's, and that's the phase two. That means show up where people are looking, okay? You've got a road sign. Even small churches spend 20, 30, 40K on a road sign. So people that are looking for a church can see that there's a church here, okay? The problem is people aren't seeing that road sign. Even while they're driving, their heads are in their phone. Okay. Um, And not only that, I don't care what uh, sign salesman comes and says, You got 40,000 cars driving past your church. You need a new digital sign. And uh, 40,000 people driving past your church, maybe four are going to see that sign every day. Um, So we need to realize where attention is and then be there when it's looking for a church, looking for answers, looking for somewhere. Now, this can often be uh, Christians that are looking for a church, new movers. a lot of people will say, we don't want church transplants, and I don't want only church transplants, but a good way to make sure that you know who you're equipped to serve and you're serving the new people that are looking for a church is to start with those people that know what they want. And so if God's calling someone to him and they're like, I need a change, it's a new season, I'm going through a divorce, uh, my kids are crazy, I'm about to be evicted, whatever it is, when they're looking for a church or I'm just new and I want to go to a new church, um, they should be able to find you. And so that's the next phase. Um, That's making sure your website is ready to receive new people. It's not broken. It's not confusing. It doesn't speak Christianese to the people that don't speak that language. uh, And it's easy to take a next step. A lot of church websites um, and small churches can be guilty of this, but they're not, not as often, but when they are, man, they are guilty of it. They put everything on their homepage. It's an entire menu. It's like the cheesecake factory on their website. And, There's all these different things to decide to do. It's easier just to decide to do nothing. So having a website that, first of all, is able to be found. I don't like getting too technical on podcasts, but you can look up search engine optimization. That's how we get small churches to show up first ahead of bigger churches. Um, But then also when they do find you, what's that experience going to be? A lot of small churches spend thousands of dollars a year on landscaping, Pastors spend lots of hours. My pastor even would go out and trim bushes um, because we paid enough in landscaping. He would have, he would be the one to go out and trim bushes. Um, we spend money on parking lines and making sure everything's up to code, repaving, all to make a good first impression. And I'm not saying don't do those things, but what I am saying is you're making a good first impression for 40 people when when 400 people went maybe went to your website. And they didn't get a first impression there. So they're never going to see the landscaping. So we spend thousands of dollars on our curbside appeal when the first impression is not made there. It's made online because no one's just going to walk up to your church, even if they see your sign. And even if Laurie, even if they're invited, they're just not going to show up on Sunday morning. They're going to go look you up online. And oftentimes when people are looking churches up online, they're not looking for a reason to go. They're looking for a reason not to go. And so we need to make sure that we remove all those obstacles and make it super easy for someone to say that we got their attention. They're intending to change. Now let's give them something to do, something easy to do. So being able to be found online, um, and have that peak positioning, uh, will see more people seeing your church. And then if you've done the work on knowing how you can influence people and, and what kind of person you're equipped to serve, when they see your church, they won't necessarily see you, but they'll see something for them. And that's what, that's what brings, if you, if you want to grow, if you want to bring people into your faith community to make disciples, people will not go to church because they understand what you do. They'll go to church because they feel understood by what you say. And so if you can demonstrate that you understand them, which comes from that first influence, who are we best equipped to serve? Then when they find you, they won't be able to forget you. They'll feel like when you're sitting in the congregation and you're like, man, pastor's preaching right at me. He wrote this sermon to me. Please don't look at me. They'll feel like that behind a computer screen. And guess what? When they, when they come into your church, you, you can greet them and all you're doing is validating what they already think about your church, not trying to make a good first impression because that's already been done.
0: Yeah, so good. Awesome. So be memorable, be found. And then you said be known. If you are serving in women's ministry, children's ministry, or youth ministry, and you're tired of ideas that don't work with smaller numbers and smaller budgets, or pouring time into events that don't seem to be making a difference, or starting and restarting with new people but the same struggles, we have got you covered. Check out our ministry bundles with done-for-you resources that work the first time, a step-by-step plan that fits into your busy schedule, and a strategy that gets others excited to join too. You can find the links to check them out in the show notes.
1: Yeah. The last one is be known. Now this is really the evangelism part. Now this is where a lot of churches start. And again, is where marketing and advertising gets a bad rap because you're trying to decorate a house before you've even put the foundation on there. You walk in there with light bulbs and you walk out with cement on your pants because you didn't wait for the cement Mm -hmm. on the foundation to dry. And this is why it doesn't work for so many people because how can you go out and tell people about your church if you can't even define who you are? If you go out and tell people about your church and they remember you later, how are they going to be able to find which church it was that told them about this? And then they go to the wrong church or they go to a false teacher church and they're led astray. So um, you have to have those first two things. You have to know how you're going to be influential and memorable. You have to know that when you're found, you make that good first impression. And then lastly, you can go out and be known. This is where you reach the people outside of your circle, the people who don't know anyone in your church. And that's especially true for a small church, uh, but the people that don't even know that they don't know the church can answer their problems. Mm -hmm. So much of our communities are going to hell because they keep chasing worldly solutions to solve their spiritual problems. And they don't know that your church is able to do that, or they may know of your church, but they think you're like the other church that hurt them or that they read about in the news or saw on social media. So you have to do a lot of work to overturn that. And if you just go out there and you say, hey, we're a great church. Look how great we are. Don't, want, don't you want to be a part of this? You'll be known, but you'll be known for the wrong thing. And honestly, you'll probably be forgotten. But if you go out into the community, and this is where we kind of use advertising and public relations, which again, I understand is more business language, so I don't lead with that, but it's how we get people to enter into discipleship relationships nowadays. Uh, but if you go out and be known, knowing who you're equipped to serve, knowing who to put those ads in front of, and knowing how your church is positioned to disciple them or minister to them or witness to them. Then you don't go out and broadcast to a million people and get a few come in that aren't even best equipped to be in your church. They need to be in another church. Um, you'll be able to target fewer. So you're saving money and target, in a, target them in a way target, meaning like just put yourself in mm-hmm. front of them in a way that they feel like it was specifically for them. We go back to that personalization and you open up dialogue. You're not a billboard shouting to everyone about your services, you're a pastor on Facebook saying, I want to pray for you. I, I, I think God put this here in front of you for a reason. Um, your church, if you're a nonprofit, you can get free ad spend from Google. So when anyone in your area is searching for what does the Bible say about divorce, um, divorce counseling near me, children's activities during the summer, your church can show up first. And they didn't even realize that churches have summer camp or or something for their family. And you can show up there in a way that they didn't even they would have never searched for in the first place. And this is where a lot of relationships can start that wouldn't be able to start in any way. And when you know who you're best equipped to serve, you're not reaching the masses and spending money to talk to people who would never even want to talk to you in the first place, but you're reaching people that you know you can serve. They'll know that you can serve them. And even if they're not interested now, when God does call them or when the season in life does change, they'll remember you. They'll be able to find you and they'll know that you're the one that's best equipped to serve them in their life. Not some diet, not some relationship advice, not some influencer, your church. And it doesn't matter at that point. It doesn't matter how small you are. What matters is, can you serve them? And a great example of that is comic book shops. Laurie, have you ever been to a comic book shop lately?
0: No, I have not. Tell me.
1: I'm okay. I'm a nerd. Uh, People don't realize that when they see my polo shirt and hat, but uh, I got a couple of Iron Man statues back here. I I love going to comic book shops and there's a comic shop down the road for me. That's my favorite one to go to. You go there on a Friday night. It smells horrible because nerds don't know hygiene. Um, There's stains on the carpet. The wallpaper is peeling off, but you cannot get a seat in that place unless you show up an hour before it opens. And there are people on the ground playing board games with each other because it doesn't matter how small the shop is. It doesn't matter that the um, the, the wallpaper is coming off. It doesn't matter that it smells. What matters is I'm in a group of people who like the same things I do, who want to have just as much fun as I do, who who experience fulfillment in the way that I want it. And I will sit on a dirty stained carpet to be around in a community of people. And it all started because that comic book company or, or uh, shop ran an ad that said, hey, we're going to have board games on Friday night. Bring your favorite board games. We'll have some sodas and chips or whatever and so people are going to overlook a lot of your flaws if they know you're the one that can answer their problems for the comic book shop it's a worldly problem it's just i'm bored i want some new friends for your church it's there's got to be more than this There's mm-hmm. got to be purpose in this. There's got to be, I'm tired of all the fake relationships. I'm tired of all the baggage of big churches. I'm tired of all the politics of big churches. I want something that I can actually work out my faith. I want something that will make my kids grow up better than I did. Mm-hmm. What is there out there? And when they see you, it doesn't matter if they got park on gravel. I've been to $10,000 weddings and I park yeah. on gravel. Okay. It's about the purpose. It's about the mission. It's about the community. If you can do that, even though you may stay small because you want to stay small, you will have kingdom impact and you will be seeing your mission fulfilled. And this is just one way. I'm not saying it's the way, uh, but this is the way that I know and God has called me and gifted me to help churches do. I wish I could... I wish my, I wish my heart was for kids ministry or homeless ministry. It's, it's not, it's, it's, it's marketing and communications as weird as that sounds.
0: I don't think it's weird. I think it's so, it's what you've been talking about. Like knowing how God has uniquely gifted you as a church and also as an individual, Mm -hmm. like I love this. I've been taking all sorts of mad notes as you've been speaking. And I think one of the things that really stands out to me, and I think one of the ways that you're impacting me right now, even as we speak, and I know the people who are listening too, is just the focus on meeting needs. Like, you know, you're a marketing guy who's not even talking about the focus is growing your church. You're not even talking, you're talking about the focus is meeting needs. It's knowing who you are and how God has equipped you. And I think understanding in a small church that God is present, like you don't have to be growing, in number for God to be present. He is present. He is working. He has called you. And what is it? Yeah, it doesn't look like that other church. Maybe it doesn't look like a kid's ministry. Maybe it doesn't look like young families right now. Maybe never. But what is he doing? Because God's always at work. So I love that you talked about that and just about purpose, mission, community. You know, This is your kingdom impact, no matter where you're at or what your community looks like. So just to kind of just... Bring a couple things home from hearing you, and correct me if I'm wrong. If a church is just starting out, they really don't know what they're doing with marketing. They've they have really, they're really at this basic place of if even just trying to figure out who they are and what God's doing, and that God is working <laughs> in their small church. I think what I'm hearing from you, the place to start is really spending some time in understanding who I am, understanding who we are, understanding where God's working and who he's called us to meet and to kind of get rid of that one size fits all, we got to do it all. Does that sound like a good place to start if you're that church?
1: Yeah. And, and that's 80% of the journey. Uh, I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many churches hire us to do a website or Facebook ads or whatever. And we start with that. Who are you best equipped to serve? Deep Dive DNA. Mm-hmm. And that alone gets their leadership excited, gets their congregation excited, that they go out and they actually know how. Who who do we need to invite. I don't need to invite this family because our church is not equipped to serve that family, but I can invite this family I would have never thought about inviting because now I know God has yeah. called us to minister to that yeah. family. Knowing that, even if that's all you did, I wouldn't expect anything less than like three And maybe you have like two families visiting a month on accident. I wouldn't expect you have less than six families visiting um, in 90 days Mm -hmm. just because you're clear on how you can serve them. And your congregation is clear on how to invite them because a lot of congregants, again, outside the scope of this podcast, a lot of congregants just don't know how. They want to invite their friends and family, but they don't know how, they're not comfortable, or they invited them one time, they were told no, and they don't know how to bring it up again. And that's it's not really their fault, but it is our responsibility as church leaders to find any way possible to give them that confidence back, to make it easy for them, and to make it easy for the other person to say, yeah, that does sound like something that would be good for my family or for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, love it. And then another scenario I'm thinking of is, are those churches who really have looked into marketing? They've researched, they've they put some work into their website, they're, you know, they're boosting Facebook ads, they're kind of almost throwing spaghetti at a wall. Um, where would you suggest they go? Like, let's say they know who they are, and they've really been trying to piece together different marketing pieces, but they're not really feeling cohesive or like it's working. What would their next steps be?
1: Um. Well, I'll give you the next step. Obviously, that I think is the best because I started a business and risked everything on this. <laughs> is to just call us 832-861-7654. eight six one seven six five four. You'll probably get me. Um, because you need a roadmap, you need a plan. A lot of people are grabbing different pieces from different puzzles and trying to make them fit together. But you and I know that if you take uh, uh, a a a uh, what's the carburetor off a Honda Civic and try to put it on a Dodge Ram, it's not going to fit, right? You need something that's uniquely built for your church. And even though we, we follow a, a similar framework for everyone, it's customized because your church needs to communicate to the community in a unique way. And so I would just mm-hmm. say, call us or go to the website and schedule a, a strategy session so we can talk about what you've tried, where the biggest opportunities are, where the biggest gaps are. And then you can have that roadmap and you're not gonna be fitting different puzzles from different people. You're gonna have one complete picture that you can just turn around and show your community and say, this is us and this is what God wants for you. Um, So I would start there. If not, the biggest thing, most church leaders and and especially small churches don't need more information. They need an information diet. (laughs) Amen. Meaning (laughs) stop grabbing all these different things from different people. Pick one lane, even if it's not me. Right, I can give you lots of good names to go follow. You'll you'll receive similar results because much like, hey, if you're not going to go to my church, go to that church, right? Like, uh, it's kind of like I remember sitting at uh, Freebirds, it's a res- uh, restaurant restaurant, um, with my youth pastor, and he said, I really want the girl behind the counter to know Jesus and be saved, and and our church yeah. is not the one to minister to her. She's not going to feel comfortable coming to our church. She's got mm-hmm. too many tattoos, too many piercings. But I am going to tell her to go to Journey Church because they can they can minister to her. So um, in that same way, you know, even though I'm going to tell you, like, even though you may not go with us, at least if you get our game plan, you can implement it yourself or find someone who you think is better to implement it for whatever reason, because you need to have a roadmap and you need to have a definite like one, two, three. Uh, cause you can't just take multiple. I mean, if you try to eat keto, uh, and work marathons or, you know, try to fit different things, I'm gonna do weight watchers on Tuesday and keto on Wednesday, you're going to gain weight. Um, and we just haven't made that connection in the church world for some reason. So go on an information diet. If you're not going to call me and go on an information diet, pick one person that you really like. And just do everything that they say. And as long as they're not a false teacher or a guru, there's, I've got podcast episodes about how to, how to tell that. Um, you will see results. I mean, God's called a lot of us to do the same thing in unique ways. Yeah. Lori, we talked about that before the show. Um, and uh, um, I think one of the biggest tools of the enemy yeah. is to distract us with good things. Um, because you can only fit so many things through one door. And church, yeah, small yeah. churches, especially have a small door. So, um, call us, go to, go to the website. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, just open up your podcast app and search the best known church show and subscribe there. Cause we talk about strategies. Anything we talk about is applicable to small churches. In fact, for some small churches, it works better than it does for a big church, because one of the yeah. strengths of a small church is we can just do things. Big churches have lots of bureaucracy, lots of committees, lots of whatever, and everyone has to have their finger in the pot, and then the pot just tastes like fingers, or everyone has to agree on an ice cream flavor, and you just get vanilla. Your church can be the rocky road, so let's lean into that. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I would, would recommend.
0: Yeah. No, so sweet. So sweet. Well, if you're listening y'all check out um, check out Justin's website. It's Navachurchmarketing.com. Um, we will put his information in the show notes. you can do a click, you can set up a consultation call and please like if you're listening and this has like sparked something in you, please take action. Like so many times we are listening and we're like, oh, that's going to cost too much. Well, there's a free download on Justin's site. Like it explore, like, like take some steps to learn because there is so much help. Um, that you really can't afford, and so much of it is even free. Like I think small churches, we limit ourselves when we hear things like we just think ching ching, we can't do that, and then we're spending thousands of dollars on landscaping, like you said, Justin. So, um, so what's the best way for them to contact you? Is it a phone call? Is it an email? Is it your website? What is it?
1: All of the above. I one, okay. another reason I started this agency is because. I didn't like that you to get help from another company I worked with or from other companies that we were, um, that I wanted to help. They said the churches were like, I can't talk to anyone. It's just a contact form. And they Mm -hmm. don't even tell me when they're going to get back to me. And I'm like, not us. If it's not me, Jose is going to answer the phone. Um, Someone's going to answer the phone. Someone's going to reply yeah. to a text. Someone's nice. going to answer an email and tell you, even if we don't have the answer, we'll tell you when we'll have the answer.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: because much like you're not going to bring on a ministry partner that you can't talk to in person. That's what we are, a ministry partner. If you want to do business deals, go do yeah. business deals with someone else. We're here for the ministry in a capitalistic society. So yeah, I mean, it does cost something. But um, if yeah. you just listen to my show, the best known church show, um, I tell you everything we do. And, and yeah. you can just go do it yourself. It's just going to take a little bit more time. Yep. If you don't have the time, you got other ministry priorities, you know, you got to do that balance like with anything else. But I, I want to see your church succeed. If I can get you there faster, we'll get you there faster. But yeah. best case, again, go on that information diet. Just follow the best known church show. Do what we tell you. And you will see God do some amazing things. Um, and, and not that he isn't doing amazing things, but you'll see him do amazing things in amazing new ways. And whatever you think you're missing, whatever you think you you don't have right now, The reason you don't have it is because you haven't tried something new. If you want something you've never had before, you're going to have to do something you've never done before. And a great way to start that is just the Best Known Church Show.
0: So good. Well, Justin, thank you for taking time to be on the show with us today. I so appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to having you speak at some of our upcoming conferences. You're a yes for that, right?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Just tell me when and where.
0: Yeah, we're we're excited to uh, get to know Justin more. And um, I know, Justin, you've been involved even in our Facebook community. So it's so great to just connect with people can, who can also have say, a heart for small what churches. Great,
1: what a great community. If, if people aren't in that, I was surprised. Why isn't Facebook recommending this community? Like, you know, you go into a Facebook group and it's like, here's other groups you might not like, or uh-huh. you might like. And I I literally just discovered you from the podcast mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, she has a Facebook community. I'm like, There's over 2000 people in here and it's, and it's not who, who does this well? And then a bunch of freelancers jump in, pay me money and we can do it for you. Yep. Give us a call. Send us mm-hmm. a, like it's actual people helping each other. It's, it's better community than some of the Facebook groups that you post one thing and, and they tell you a million things that are wrong with it yeah. and things that aren't even related. I mean, it really is like a focus journey for small churches. And I, I just love the community. If you're not in it, listener, uh, go get in it. What What's the, what's the title of it?
0: It's called Creative Solutions for Small Churches. Creative Solutions for Small Churches. I I would have messed it up.
1: I was like, Small Church Creative Creative Solutions for Small Churches. I love that Facebook group. I wish Facebook would give me more of it, but the algorithm just... The the, the enemy's after you, Lori. <laughs> oh that!
0: Oh, actually, we have actually we have dozens and dozens of people joining every week who get recommended from Facebook. So yeah, yeah. it might not be hitting your algorithm, but it's hitting it's others. It's Not me. So it, it, yeah. Yeah. Facebook we have almost there nine thousand people uh, in there now, and we do nine thousand. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I'm glad that That's you love wonderful. it because we we That's love wonderful. it too. We keep it positive and forward focused and taking responsibility and, you know, looking for solutions. And so I love that. I love that you're in there. And I love that you just gave us a plug. I did not pay him to recommend that y'all. He just got all excited. So (laughs) I'll
1: send send the invoice later.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, make sure to check out Justin, check out his website, check out his podcast. We're going to put all the links in the show notes. And Justin, thanks for being with us. Just so excited.
1: Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and God bless you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. Until next week, um, be a light.